This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And the sous chef of the garden, Franklin Proctor here. Good morning, one and all. And And you're snuggled up with... Oh, (laughs) Vivienne Croissette. Absolutely. Did I do okay on that? Good, yeah. I, I didn't say croissant, which, <laughs> which is about what I was warned not to do. And I always follow instructions. Yes, you, you know, do. I Very do, good. Charlie. You know I that. Know. Yeah. Welcome, Vivian. Thanks for being here. <laughs> Thank gonna, you. You're our surprise guest. We're going to explain in a short while why you're here and what you're all about. Okay. But before we do that, maybe Frank has to do his job. Absolutely. My job is really to give the phone numbers. <laughs> Big deal, okay? Yeah, well, it is. Cause if and we don't the mantra. Have callers, yeah, and the mantra. But, okay, phone numbers. If you're from and uh, listening in the Toronto area, here's the number, 416-360-0740. Anywhere in the province, it's toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And our little mantra goes this way, call early, call often, one question per call. And if you happen to be a first-time caller, let Duncan know, who's our operator. Yes. And he will let me know, and before you get to the airwaves... You'll, you get your welcome wings, your garden. The rings. bell equals wings, yeah. and that way is you can fly up into the gar- into the beautiful atmosphere <laughs> and enjoy your garden and the Indy 500 if you want to oh do a little Lord, fly yeah. down over that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is happening That's, right out the back door here. You got it, kiddo. <laughs> okay. All right. So a couple things going on as well in the area, as uh, I mentioned last week, that to, there's a couple garden tours. Scarborough Garden and Hort Society is hosting their annual garden tour with ten. Gardens, including afternoon tea. You would love that. Vivian's a tea drinker. Starts at noon. That's tomorrow for $10 a ticket. And of course, you can get your tickets in the parking lot of the Scarborough Village Rec Center at as of 11 a.m. tomorrow, 3600 Kingston Road and Markham Road. And as well, the Oro Medonte Hort Society's summer garden tour is happening from 1230 to 430 tomorrow. Advanced tickets, $10. Get them today because tomorrow ticket prices go up to $15. Country Gardens created with love and inspired by passion. For ticket information, go to www.oromedontihorticulturalsociety.ca. All right. So let me just, well, I got a minute here before our break, but I welcome Vivian. Vivian is here because she is one of the curators. You call yourself a co-curator? Do you give your husband that kind of, or you Do I give him credit? Credit, exactly. <laughs> I do give him credit, yeah. We co-curate yeah. Curate, um, the exhibit, yeah. which is happening in uh, the Botanical Gardens, yeah. Toronto Botanical Gardens, Edwards Gardens. Yeah. And uh, we've come from Zimbabwe. Yeah. To put this show on, it's a sculpture show. We work with over 200 different sculptors 
in Zimbabwe. It's amazing that there's that many, like such artists. There are so many sculptors in Zimbabwe because we have the stone there. We mm. have over 200 different minerals in Zimbabwe. Ah. Yeah, so it's available. Mm. So a lot of people try it and there's 90% unemployment right. in Zimbabwe. So a lot of oh people my. try their hand yeah. at sculpting. Sculpting. Mm. And uh, some artists are exceptional and mm. they are amazing and they travel all over the world and do shows and solo shows and other artists obviously just don't have it you, yeah don't you get just, seen you, don't, yeah. you just don't have um you don't have the talent mm. so it's up to us to go around um introducing ourselves and finding where the talent is and mm-hmm. finding out we go all over the country mm-hmm. mostly in the northern part of zimbabwe because that's where it's the stone mountain, is yeah. The mountains are, and we find all our sculptors, and then we tour around with this exhibition going to different botanical gar- gardens and all over North America. I'm absolutely amazed because before the show, we sat mm-hmm. down and chat, of course, with Vivian, and the story of how they have to transport all of these things. And this is stone, huge, yes. huge sculptors. Shipping in shipping containers mm-hmm. uh, all around the world. Uh, just amazing. You've got to write a book. You've got to write a book. Your life is amazing. Do you think amazing. somebody would read it? Oh, my God. I'll, I'll, I'll buy the first <laughs> from copy. from my mom. I will buy the first copy. <laughs> my mom would read it. It's fascinating. <laughs> We're delighted to have you here, but we do have we to are. take, a, take a, a little bit of a break. A little bit of a break. We'll be right back. We do have some callers on the line. So you yeah. maybe you'd like to get involved in answering some garden questions. Ooh. Ooh. Are you, yeah. are you a gardener at all oh, back, I at, love back home? Oh, my garden. There you I go. love succulents, cacti, um, bromeliads. And they all live outside oh, well. year round. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Whole Jeez. different world of gardening. <laughs> I, I think I've just lost my position as uh, sous chef of the garden. Gosh. Okay, we have to take a break. We'll be back momentarily here on Zoomer Radio AM 740 with Charlie Dobman and Vivian. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And my friends, we are joined in studio today by Vivian Cossette, who is uh, the curator, along with her husband, with a marvelous show. And you can tell, we can tell more about that a little bit later it's on. It's called Zim Sculpt, yeah. and I highly recommend you put okay. this on your calendar because it is in the Toronto Botanical Gardens right through till September 8th. Oh, excellent. Lots of time Free to admission. get in and see this stuff. Oh. Good. But okay, we have to get to the We're just going and awing at jacaranda yeah. trees. <laughs> Gorgeous. Vivian was just telling us about some of her plants she has in her garden back in Zimbabwe. Well, let's find out what's going on in Waterloo, though, sure. because Catherine is on the line. Hey, good morning, Catherine. Hey, good Catherine. morning, Charlie. Good morning, Frank. Good morning. Uh, yeah, I have a basil, uh, you know, herb yep. plant on my porch and, you know, in a, in a container. Mm-hmm. And it's it's starting to flower. I thought I heard you some time ago say that. You don't want that. Oh. <laughs> you don't want the flowers. Well, no, if you no. grow it, usually we grow basil for the leaves. So yeah. it, once it starts to flower, that's where all the energy goes. It's going to go into more flowers oh. and you, your leaves will stop really developing yeah. at all. So what I do is I, same as you, I have basil growing outside in, a, in containers. I just start nipping off the, oh. pinching the tops and you can use those flowers, you know, throw them in some scrambled eggs, throw them into spaghetti, oh. whatever you want to do. But, um, yeah. but do remove them in order to, maximize more leaves yeah. growing. Yeah, I want to make a pasta sauce. There you go. Mm. Yeah, so cut them, yeah, cut the basil down and you'll find more leaves will grow. 
Oh, okay. Thanks so much. You're very okay. welcome. Thank Thanks you. for calling. Have a great weekend. Thanks for joining us here on The Garden Show as we broadcast live and direct from the Zoomerplex in Liberty Village, where it's a beautiful, beautiful morning. Wanda in Scarborough would like to talk to you next here. Hi, Wanda. Good morning, Charlie, Frank, and Vivian. Good morning. Good morning. Listen to your program every week. Nice. You've got uh, good taste. For the first taste. time, I was given an orchid plant that has finished blooming. Mm-hmm. Now, what do I do with it? Do I still water it every four days and turn it? And... Oh, absolutely. You, because So it's a green plant now, is what you're saying? Yes. Well, it just has, like, the the stem. Okay. So the stem where the flowers were, yes. is that if that's still green, leave it alone. You never know. Flowers will sometimes continue to bud off that green stem. But if the stem is brown, eventually it will turn crispy brown. Then you'll just nip it off with a pair of scissors. And in terms of turning the plant, definitely. Watering the plant, definitely. Maybe not every four days. It very much depends how much sun and what kind of temperature the plant is in. Um, yeah, once a week. My orchids are lucky if they get watered once a week. But, you know, it's, it's going to come down to light levels and temperatures to, uh, to really determine the best amount of water and when well the stem at the top is pretty brown about halfway down it's um still green well a little not too much well wait just wait give it a couple of weeks the brown may just progress right down to the base at that point remove it but don't remove it until it's completely brown okay okay and still keep Watering it and yep. turning it. Yep, and fertilize it. This is the time of year when we can certainly be at least once a month using orchid fertilizer on our orchids right through until September. Oh, you have to use special fertilizer. Absolutely. No miracle grow for orchids. They are very picky. <laughs> okay. Oh, well, thank you very much. Okay. okay well, You're very welcome. Thank, thanks for joining us here on the Saturday morning. And as we wave bye-bye, uh, I better repeat the phone numbers for those of you in Toronto area. Here's the number, 416-360-0740. And then anywhere in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. I'm delighted that Betty, who is waiting online, has called in. She's a first-time caller. And so you, will, Vivian, will have a chance to see the most exciting part of this show is when I ring the bell. So that's coming <laughs> For up. us, anyway. Yes. <laughs> we lead a pretty sedentary life. Okay, uh, coming, up, coming up next here in the Garden Show, Charlie, Vivian, and Frank do their stuff. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And uh, in case you missed the top of the show, we're joined in studio by Vivian Cosette, who is the co curator 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 of oh I Zim Sculpt. There you go. Zimba Sculpt. Sculptures from Zimbabwe. And they are so beautiful. Unbelievable stuff. But they're placed like right in the garden. Like we're not just it's not just kind of like a little tent with a few sculptures in it. We're talking like some massive sculptures (laughs) placed into just so beautiful. And actually you do a lecture on that, don't you? We do, yeah. Every weekend at ten o'clock in the morning and four o'clock in the afternoon I do a little lecture. I do a tour around the garden. Oh marvelous. I take uh, visitors round and I tell them a little bit about um, all the sculpture, where it comes from, um, who stone. makes it, the stone, and all interesting But even like the how to place, right? 
yeah, how to place, place it. That, you know, you the right it. sculpture in the right place. That's right. And they were gorgeous, totally worth it. Skill in itself. I bet. You've yeah. learned that over the years. Like, you've been doing this for a while. 20 years. <laughs> wow. Well, I don't well, believe it. <laughs> now, I've, I've got to bring the excitement forth now of uh, me ringing the bell. Yes. And this... Hey, that's yes. for Betty. First Welcome. time caller from Del- Dunville. Hi, Betty. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Excellent. Fine. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I, do I remember Frank from the London station years ago? Oh, years my ago? Lord, yes. <laughs> when was that? 50, 60 years ago, Frank? Well, yeah, it would be. <laughs> At least. <laughs> wow. Well, yeah, thank you for hanging in radio for me. a long time. Oh. Yeah. You sound exactly the same. Oh, my gosh. I bet well, that's you know, true. honest to be, I'm 77 now, and uh, I started when I was 17. There you go. In, wow. in radio, so 60, 60 years later. Years. Holy moly. And you probably sound just this good 60 years ago. <laughs> right, exactly. Your <laughs> voice doesn't Who change. Who was the man that you worked with? Big, dark, dark-haired fellow. Oh, oh golly. Uh, which oh, station? You oh, don't Ed, remember Ed that. Blake? Okay. Ed Blake? Um, no. Was he the one you were riding the motor scooter with? You were giving him a ride? (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell that story later. later. Another another thing. But you have a gardening question, do you, Betty? I do. We've planted some new grass seed. It's Mm -hmm. about two weeks old. Mm -hmm. And uh, I got a a weed and feed product. Mm -hmm. And that product has 90% corn gluten meal in it. And I think I remember um, you telling us, telling me a while back that that would kill everything. No, that it, no, what it, what it kills or what it stops from growing are any seeds. So if you use a fertilizer with corn gluten in it and you're also putting down grass seed at the same time, exactly the opposite of what you want to happen will happen, meaning that the grass seed will not grow. The weed seeds won't grow, but the grass seed won't grow either. Okay. The grass seed is about two weeks old. Okay. We so it's cut it yet. germinated. Okay. But um, there are some weeds coming up, and I thought I should feed it and and try and get rid of the weeds. Yeah, if the weeds are coming up, there's green weeds growing in your lawn, the corn gluten will not control them whatsoever. And, of course, fertilizer will actually feed them, and the weeds will get bigger, as well as, Uh obviously, your turf. Best thing you can do, do you have a fairly big property? Uh, We do. We have a fairly big lawn, yes. Yeah, I know. So this is but nothing. I mean, it's manageable. Yeah. So you know what? Do you know what? I get out the bottle of wine, the bushel basket, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my little weed digger, and a nice, comfortable little cushion to kneel on, and I just work my way across the lawn, <laughs> dragging and, and, my and basket and my wine and pulling weeds. The trail gets a little, you know, <laughs> wobbly. It's kind of mindless, though. That's why I, why I do it with a bottle of wine. But bottom line is, you're going to have to pull the weeds. There's really no easy way to eliminate them otherwise. And of course, you want to do that before they start to flower. A lot of the weeds are getting quite mature and forming all kinds of flowers now. And remember, for any one weed, you can get tens of thousands of more weeds from seed if they go to but flower. These are, just, these are just little weeds because it's just a two-week-old plant. Yeah, that's fine, though. So yeah. if you can this get out on that lawn, get out there and start pulling them. Okay. Okay. And then definitely use fertilizer. And you can use the fertilizer with the corn gluten as long as you're not putting any more seed down at the same time. Okay. The seed has pretty much germinated two weeks. You've been mm. keeping it moist, yeah. obviously. Yeah. The weather's been good temperature wise. So, um, yeah. good. Yep. Best thing is to pull. And, and this cl- corn gluten will stop any seeds from weeds from germinating that might blow in from the neighborhood. Well, I don't want any chance of it killing my, my the new grass. So no. I think I'm going to take it back and get something different. 
Okay. Yeah, you can just get a plain, a plain old, you know, a turf builder, whatever. Uh, um, there's Scott's, multi. Yeah, well, Scott's is yeah. turf builder, but there's other ones out there that make just all-purpose general summer fertilizers with okay. no additives. Okay. Can I make one more comment? Sure. I yeah. heard you talking about Christmas cactus and how old they they can be. Mm-hmm. I have one that I believe is over 100 years old. No kidding. Wow. wow. Who'd you inherit I'm, that from? I'm 81 now, and it was my grandmother's, and she would be well up over 100 years. Isn't that something? Wow. How, is it, like, really big? It It is. It's been cut back twice. Wow. And it still blooms. Beautiful. Not as, wow. not as well as it used to, but it's still blooming. So hard to repot. Betty, them. is there any way you could take a picture of that and send it to us via email or or post? Uh, or are you no? Are you like me with a computer? <laughs> I am. Uh, well, <laughs> I'm illiterate, but my my I've got the children and my yeah. husband. So well, you're certainly get somebody well-spoken. to take a picture and, and send it off to us. We'd be happy to see it. Yeah, yeah. So I remember somebody sent me a picture of a Christmas card. Yeah. It was five feet across. Huge. It was like Huge. two meters. Wow. Yeah. It was that, and I don't remember how old it was, but I bet you, you know, well, well looked after. It's the hard thing is the repotting. Well, so, you know, I don't really look after mine very well. We go to Florida for three months, and I just leave it in the in the pool. <laughs> Of the, of the tough room love. And huh? survives. Well, yeah. it's better than having it watered every day by some friendly neighbor who would kill it pretty quick. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, thanks, Betty, and thanks for saying hello and uh, from yeah, all those sure years ago. My gosh. Thanks for my call. It's awesome to talk to you, and I listen to you every Saturday. Well, thank bless you. your heart. Thank okay, you. thank you. Okay, hey, we're going to uh, meander along to Mississauga. Uh, and there's Bob online. Good morning, Bob. Good morning. Good morning. Um, <laughs> Our back lawn looks like divots from a golf course. Uh, it's uh, I bet it's the grubs and raccoons. Mm-hmm. But my wife wants me to put topsoil down now and seed, and I think it's I should do it in the fall. No, but you I'm, can do it now. You know what it is? It's grubs that were in the no, lawn. I know. And but those grubs, if they depending on exactly what insect they were, but this is the time now that they pupate, so they go to sleep inside their little cocoon. Okay. And stay that way for a couple of weeks, and then they emerge as beetles. So that you know the June beetles that bang oh, yeah, into the, the screen door, bugs. that exactly. So that is the adult of the grubs. So we are starting to see the June bugs. They are out and about, um, and will be more and more emerging because they come from beneath the ground. So if y- your timing is good, like even now or any time in the next couple of weeks, fill those holes with topsoil and get your grass seed out and get it filled in before weeds move in there. Topsoil, yeah, eggs, and put it down. Yep. Yeah. What's, what works the best, of course, is a lawn soil. There are mixes of soils that are specific, specifically designed to go on as a lawn filler, rejuvenator, a uh, little more expensive, obviously, than topsoils. But if you can afford it or you see it on sale, I would buy that first. But topsoil or triple mix is good, too. A place near me has topsoil on two bags for $2. Okay, oh, wow. go wrong there. Hey. <laughs> Get a bunch. Plain topsoils in a poly bag. Yeah, yeah. No, that's fine though. And just rake it in. You know, fill the holes. Get some grass seed down. Okay, thank you. Okay, All you're right. very welcome. Thanks, Bob. And just bye. as a, as an aside, bye bye, Bob. Um, bye. You are our specialist, Frank, the nematode. Oh, man. the nematodes. Yes. Of so what what should Bob be doing in the well, next follow, three weeks? You know, pick pick up those nematodes at uh, a fine garden center near by, and then follow the uh, instructions explicitly, <laughs> and you'll be watering the lawn in these little, almost infinitesimal little worms. Oh, they're microscopic. Yeah, yeah. They'll attack those uh, those slugs, and and boom. They're going to slugs and grubs. No. So, yeah. So yeah. That if you use everybody who's dealing with grub issues now, 
expect that you will have more grub issues in the future. And the way to avoid that is get, get your nematodes, get them onto the lawn and do that in August. Exactly. Might be early, might be mid, yeah. kind of depends on the weather, but you're mm-hmm. absolutely right. It's got to be a moist lawn that we put the nematodes onto. We keep them moist and they work really well. Bob, in mentioning the uh, June bugs, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going back to the old days when I was a young guy. I had a Honda 90, and I remember June was always a terrible time for motorcyclists because you get whacked in the forehead by oh, a June yeah. bug. Yeah, it's like and a brick. That's, that's one quick way to stop a good day. You know, <laughs> oh, my God. You know, they, well, and that's before the days of helmets, obviously. That, that's right, yes. <laughs> oh. No seat belts, yeah. no helmets. Oh, yes. oh. <clears throat> yeah, uh, unbelievable. Well, okay, we better uh, zip along here because uh, Siva is waiting online old friend <clears throat> caller many times to the show hi Asiba. good morning guys good morning i have a zucchini plant two of them and each time the zucchini comes up it's like an inch and a half the yellowing the drop off what could be the cause hmm I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you I, get I, the you know. zucchini, and they get to an inch and a half, and then they drop off. Yeah, yeah, the fruit, the fruit. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. And it's the first time I've been able to get rid of the boars, but now the plant is dying, the, the zucchini itself, the hmm. fruit. But the leaves are still green. The leaves are green. And the plant is growing. It's obviously flowering. It's getting yes. pollinated. Yes, it has the but the flowers and everything. Wow. And then they suddenly now, yeah, uh, and and no evidence. Okay, so when they drop off, have you ever seen? Is it possible that something has chewed it through the the stem where the zucchini is attached to no, the vine? No, no, no. The the fruit is there and it it, it looks good, but mm. it's yellow and then it dies. Mm. Yeah, over watering. And I I checked yeah. the water, mm-hmm. but everything is good, so I don't know what the problem is. Mm. You're going to have to leave that with me. All right. <laughs> I don't All right. Sure. I'm, I'm Unless actually, somebody knows. I'm, I'm wants glad to call in. that you called in because it's very rare that we stump Charlie on anything. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Thanks for Steve. I in. really appreciate that. <laughs> Got something to work on. Yeah. So, but Vivian, you said overwatering right away because that's what we think of when we, plants turn yeah. yellow. It's often because of too much water. Mm. But, um, but outside yeah. in the garden, it's hard to overwater. Yeah. The, and um, Siva's gardening in the ground. She's not in a pot with these, yeah, as far okay. as I know. Um, all right. All right. Oh, it's time for more excitement to be brought forth to the show. Here comes the bell again. Uh, are you ready for this, Vivian? <laughs> oh, I'm you should so have excited. Vivian ring it. Oh, Would you like you know, to? Yes. Oh, yeah, I'm so excited. Oh, please. Yes, go right ahead. <laughs> yes. Well done. Well done. She's well, a natural. You, know, that's, <laughs> you are a natural, I tell you. <laughs> Thanks, and with that, we welcome Sharon, first-time caller to the show from Fort Erie. Hi, Sharon. Hi, how are you? Good morning. Welcome Welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, I moved down here from Mississauga about a year and a half ago. Mm. And last summer I planted a glass slipper butterfly bush. Mm -hmm. And it was doing really well. It was in bloom when I planted it. Um, This spring it came up lovely. And now some of the leaves near the top are shriveling. Uh, More... Uh, young growth is coming out above that, and it, there's also some leaves with brown spots. So I'm wondering if it's one problem or two problems. Or... <laughs> Generally speaking, yeah, butterfly mm. bush is a pretty tough plant. It's what kills butterfly bush usually is the winter. So if it came uh-huh. through the spring, now in the spring, was there some of the top of the plant dead and you cut, cut it back and all new growth came from the bottom, or did you just leave it alone? 
I just left it alone. Okay. So growth probably started at the bottom of the plant and up at the tips. Like, was it alive all the way up to the top? Uh, yes. Yes. Oh, well, that's a good sign. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're, it, was, you... it was gorgeous early in the spring. It was just fine. Now, mind you, we've had a lot of rain, and I'm wondering if the damp has had anything... Yeah, possibly, because they do like a hot, sunny, well-drained location, and they right. do not like to be kept too moist. Do you have it in full sun? In a um, open pretty sun? much. It's uh, usually in full sun from about 10 o'clock in the morning this time of year. Um, we have a good sandy, uh, well-drained soil oh, as good. well. Yeah, so I would I would say it's likely just that that fact that it didn't get that drainage that it wanted uh, because it kept raining and raining and raining. Uh, now, a few little spots on leaves I never worry about because, you know, every year is a new year when it comes to leaves. Right. The tips turning a little bit shriveling, shriveled is not a good sign, though. We never like when their newest growth doesn't uh-huh. look look well or look healthy. Okay. Um, so, hmm. I would um, also clip the tops. Yeah, but the flower, I mean, the thing is that the flowers will be starting there. I mean, you mentioned that the tips were looking a little, a little wrinkled. Well, it's, it's actually, there's still new growth coming from the tips. That's fine. It's, um, it's what's below that. And then the bottom looks fine. Okay. So So in between is just nothing, no leaves at all? Uh, just shriveled. Hmm. You know what? You could just clean it up by cutting the whole thing down to the greenest, freshest growth, even if it ends up only a foot tall. Now that, yeah, and I would do that sooner than later, just because you want those flowers to form, which they will be doing imminently. And as as Vivian is saying, yeah, it'll be stronger for that. Take away the straggly, weak growth and encourage the the strong, the growth at the base, because that is going to be the best growth. Has come from all that wonderful uh, stored carbohydrate over the winter, uh-huh. you know, grew that, that new growth mm-hmm. down at the bottom like that. And that's what you want. You want that growth. Great. Okay. Okay. Will do. Thank you very much and have a great weekend. Thank, Thank you, you very, very much. much. Thank you, Sharon, uh, for joining the show. Not, not, Good call, yeah, Vivian. Absolutely. <laughs> I like uh, buddleyas. I love buddleyas. Do you? They're so pretty. So do you yeah. grow those in Zimbabwe? Yeah, I have a few of those. We're trying to encourage butterflies, insects. Yeah. Bees, everything, yeah, pollinators mm, everybody in general. around the yeah, world, world. Aren't we? It's a worldwide issue. You know, we need to um, attract all our insects and bees back to our gardens. That's right. Buddleias well, are brilliant for that. So, buddleia is uh, is considered an invasive plant, a noxious oh. plant in Australia. Oh, yeah, like right. poison ivy oh, really is here, yeah. right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's uh, because it doesn't die and it just takes over. Take it's kind of like yeah. bunny rabbits and and butterfly bush. There, it's mm. like a really big problem. Mm. Oh, interesting. Eh? Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's Australia. I don't think it was the Southern States. I'm pretty sure it was Australia where it's like a really big issue. Okay. So, but so that's cool that you've got it. It's not spreading all over. No, no. Um, they, you know, they do get big. You do have mm. to take them back. You yes. Know? You do have to cut them back. And I'm quite vigorous with all my plants in the garden. I just cut them back. Tough love, huh? It is mm-hmm. tough love. And they, they seem go. to be okay. And they yep. bounce back every year. Yeah. And so we have winter, which mm-hmm. puts everything to sleep. Yeah. And you have obviously the dry season, which is your dormant time and when when is uh so it starts getting dry in zimbabwe uh sort of september august september and then that's the dry month and Mm. then october they call it suicide month so hot and then um and then sort of rainy season starts in december december january february monsoons and then uh yeah just rains for days and days and days i was in mud so deep I, i was in 
Zimbabwe, Botswana years and years ago in De- December, January, February. And yeah, serious mud. Yeah, really <laughs> yeah. rainy. And then it's winter um, in it's your cooler. summer. So right. now it's winter over there. So I've escaped the winter to come to your summer. I know. Well, you, it, I'm summer. glad to have you here. <laughs> glad it's to so be here. <laughs> and we, we, have to, we have to take a little bit of a commercial break here. Alrighty. And uh, await the arrival of June from Coburg, who's waiting patiently on the line. We'll uh, be to you next June. Stay there. Okay. Hang tight. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And along with Charlie, of course, Vivian Quasette is with us, and uh, we go to the caller in Coburg, mm-hmm. who's been very patient. June, hello, and welcome to the show. Yes, thank you for that. I think I have a fairly easy question for you. <laughs> okay. Uh, I have two <coughs> cedar trees. Um, they're quite tall. They're about 12 years old. Every year, I shape them. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not sure if I did it the wrong time of the year last year, but I shaped them all. The one cedar, which really gets the west wind coming, the whole maybe a foot and a half to two feet on one side is completely brown all the way through, no green whatsoever. Mm. I have been feeding it for a couple of months, but to no avail. I am now thinking I'm going to have to cut probably the two... Uh, two and a half feet off the top of both of them. Mm. When is the right time to do that? So when did you trim them last year? I think it was probably mm, in late September. Mm. Yeah, that wouldn't be the optimal time. Because remember what happens when we trim plants. We are encouraging more growth, new, fresh growth. And when we trim particularly evergreens late in the season, but still early enough in the season that there's an opportunity to grow a bit, they will. And then winter comes. And of course, where that fresh growth is very tender because it's just grown. And it will be, it's very easy for that to get frosted and, and die back as a result of the cold winter wind. And as you note, the Western exposure being the more exposed to the the naturally prevailing northwest winter winds. Exactly. And the other thing that can also make a difference with with evergreens over the winter is moisture in the soil. So Mm -hmm. always, always, always make sure that you've got, you've left your hose on as long as possible. The soil is absolutely saturated at at the roots of your evergreens before you put the hose away. At the end of the season, I should do that. Always, yeah. And that will help the plant survive again. That sun, that wind, all the things that's happening over the winter when they are not getting any moisture uh, added. Okay, so that could be another problem as well. I didn't exactly. do that. And I had over the previous years, did, but the last couple of years, I think I've just kind of forgotten that. Okay, so get your gloves out, comb through all that dead brown stuff, and uh-huh. and as you said, you know, should you be cutting it back or you'd like to cut it back to even them up again, do that now. Um yeah, absolutely. Do it on a dry day now. When the plants are actively growing, evergreens are actively growing is when we want to do the, our trimming. Because whatever trimming you do, all the blunt ends will be covered over with the fresh growth. Okay, so from now on, I should be doing it uh, July or yeah, usually mid June. Depends on what so when this, spring. This would be perfect. Yeah, this is yeah. fine. This is you do it now, but don't wait till August. Do it now. Okay, so I've got the uh, saw ready to do it, so I'm just going <laughs> to take the tops right off and just 
let it grow after that. Right. Sounds good. Try and, okay, try and, thank you. Thank you so much for well, your help. You're very welcome. Okay, thank you. She's got the saw. She's on the yeah. phone with the saw in yeah. one hand and the phone in the other. Ready to rock and roll. There. All right. There's your day planned. Uh, let's see. Uh, Cambering off to Cambridge. And there's Lorraine. Good morning, Lorraine. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hello. Um, I'm wondering about a delphinium I've had for about three years. It's really beautiful and healthy, dark purpley blue. Mm-hmm. This year it came out. I looked at it. I thought it was white, but it was a pale, pale mauve. Oh, really? What's wrong? <laughs> you know what? Some, okay, so two things could be happening there. One is it could be that that's not the original plant. That the original plant dropped some seeds and something germinated and has grown up. And it's um, because hybrid plants do not breed true. You'll never get the same or your percentage chance of getting the same looking plant from the mother producing the seeds is very, very low. So it could be that. Because uh, delphiniums are not long-lived plants. You're lucky to get three or four years out of a delphinium. The other thing that can happen, and some plants are more susceptible than others. I don't think of delphiniums as being super susceptible, but some plants will revert their color, flower color, to the original, more wild, original color. So your dark blue has gone to a light blue. It is possible, though, like I say, I don't think of delphiniums doing it the way... Foxglove will do it. Gladiolas will do it. Certain plants just continually always revert back to, to the original, to the species color. So it could be that going on as well. What about fertilizing? I don't fertilize. Um, fertilizer can make a difference with some plants. Just, I mean, obviously it's a nutrient thing. If you've got a good organic-based healthy soil, uh, plants look healthy. I wouldn't be panicking about needing fertilizer. It will, shouldn't make a difference on color though. The Everything fertilizer. Yeah. Okay, thank okay. you very much. You're very welcome. All righty. Thank you, Lorraine. Uh, we've got to take another little break here. We'll be back to say hi to Barbara in Pickering and an international call, too. <laughs> Joe from uh, West Seneca, New York, is going to be joining us shortly here on The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And here we are again. <laughs> you too. I feel like a school teacher here having to, shh, we're all going to go over there. She's such an interesting gal. Okay. Barbara in Pickering, good morning and welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you? Great. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I, uh, Charlie, uh, this is a question about a tree. We have a, a 30-year-old um, uh, green maple in our front yard came out beautiful, it's a lovely tree, mm. and this last couple of weeks, um, the leaves have got big brown spots on, and a lot of them are dropping down. Any ideas why that's happening? Hmm. There is, um, okay, so keeping in mind that, that what kind of spring we had, very delayed spring, cold weather, lots of water, lots of moisture, lots of rain, lots of humidity, and now we've had the heat and the humidity. There is a disease called anthracnose, which is something that maples will sometimes be attacked by. It, it, rarely kills the plant, but it weakens the plant. And a 30-year-old maple is something that it should, you know, I mean, it should survive something like that, but you don't want to allow this disease, if it is that, take take such a toll on the plant that it weakens it for future seasons. Mm-hmm. And trees never die quickly. They die very slowly, and we you know, have to be aware of that. What I would do in your case is I would I would phone and find a certified arborist to come onto your property and provide you with um, 
a, a consultation of what's going on. Arborists will always visit and consult at no cost. But to do the work that they're going to recommend, obviously, is where you start paying for it. So that I would, you know, Davy Tree, D-A-V-E-Y, is national across Canada and I believe even, even into the States. So they're, you know, call, look them up on the web or, or give them a phone call. Um, or you may have somebody else in the neighborhood, but make sure it's a certified arborist who can come and take a look at what, exactly what's going on and make recommendations. So does this affect all maples? Because there's yes. a red maple, same age. Mm. Um, in the front yard as well, and it doesn't seem to be... No, but you, you will see mildew on the red maples quite often. When we get into the, the humidity of August, you'll start getting that powdery mildew growing on the leaves, on the red purple leaves of the, what's called a crimson king maple. But then, you know, you've got your Japanese maples that uh, do completely different things as well, and they're all maples. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, I would, like I said, rather than, than taking a risk with, with an important tree like that, I would get an expert onto the property to take a look. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much for your help. You're very Thanks, welcome. Barbara. Okay. Uh, our final caller actually is coming up right now. Uh, Joe in West Seneca, New York. Hi, Joe. Hi there. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. My question is, roses that grow normally outside, can I grow them inside? Um, can you? You can, but... Two things need to happen. Well, like when you say normal roses, like say a tea rose or some of the floribundas or even, um, you know, some of the new, the knockout roses, they do need a dormant period. They can't grow 12 months out of the year. So they will have to be allowed to go to sleep for a month or two, whether it's going into a dark basement, you know, cool location for, for dormancy purposes. But roses are hard to grow indoors because our homes in the winter are so dry. The furnaces come on, the hot air starts blowing all over the place, and roses love humidity. They really do not like the dry air that we have in our homes, and we end up with spider mites all over roses inside, even the little mini roses that people will often take home. You know, they're beautiful. We impulsively pick them up at the grocery store, but it's typically spider mite that knocks them out because of the dry environments. So that would, I mean, if you did want to grow a rose inside that, I would say go for a mini rose rather than a regular uh, garden sized rose just because of the size of them as well. Well, see, this one had sentimental value to me and mm. I moved and I transplanted it and it's coming out beautiful. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, you know, I would like to, in case something happens, I would like to have a backup, mm. you know. So this is a good time of year. You could take some cuttings from that rose and root those cuttings. And if you wanted to try potting up, well, once they're rooted up, you put them in small pots, maybe try bringing one in for the winter, see how it goes. And the rest of the the cuttings, bury them in the garden for the winter. They will survive better outside with the pots underground. And then you've got that backup. You've got the one in the ground. You've got the little pots. And you could just start a whole hedge. I mean, you could really turn it into something because roses are not hard to propagate. Oh, okay. Well, good luck with that, Joe. It sounds like a, a, a very sentimental reason you want to keep yeah. that. Yeah, and that's she nice. died and that was her favorite. Uh, yeah. well, there you go. Okay. Yeah. okay well, good you, luck Mike. with that. Thank you for yeah. joining us. Thank you. Yeah. Right. Well, the, you know, we got the 100-year-old Christmas cactus yeah. earlier in mm-hmm. the show, and then we've yeah. got the sentimental rose. Wow. Plants are Touching pretty important. Stuff. Yes, they indeed. Are, yeah. maple tree. Beautiful. Yep. Lucky. Well, you're so lucky to have maple trees. Have yeah, those in my world. No, just jacarandas. 
And acacia, a lot of acacia trees. And massages. Yeah. Beautiful massages. So we have a little bit of time here until the top of the hour, and and Dave's Corner Garage guys will be joining us. But uh, we can use that wisely by giving a little plug to the show that Vivian, you're connected with, and it sounds fabulous. It really does. Zim Sculpt. Zim Sculpt at the Toronto Botanical Garden. We'd love to meet you all. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a free show. It's a free garden. There's no entrance fee. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's open from 10 till 5 every day at the weekends, on, on holidays as well. Mm-hmm. Choose a nice cool day um, to come down and visit us. We have two sculptors who are there as yeah, well. Who live come sculpting. All the way from Zimbabwe. And they're um, sculpting every day. So you can oh, see. Oh, so they're working away. Yeah. Right? In a table, a couple of small tents. Yeah. So they're wow. in the shade. We bring the stone with us from uh-huh. Zimbabwe and they are sculpting, showing everybody how everything is done. What by is it hand. about the stone from Zimbabwe, the northern part of Zimbabwe, as I understand it? Yeah. What What is the composition like that makes it such good material to work with as far as the it's sculpting? It's uh, African serpentine. So um, it, I don't want to bore everybody to bits, but um, it's about. Uh, three to five billion years old and it was a craton wow. that was formed in Zimbabwe about the same time strangely enough this is the connection that the craton formed in Canada so that's why you have Inuit carvers so you have your serpentine stone and soapstones mm-hmm. uh, derived from serpentine, and we have our serpentine stone. Years ago, we started off in using soapstone, and now we've progressed onto harder stones. So now lots of our sculptors are using harder serpent types of serpentine. Mm-hmm. They're colloquial names called springstone and yeah. opal stone, um, and they're much harder, and they can be really... And it's all done by hand. We're not everything. talking power tools here. No power tools, no... So- Little black and deckers <laughs> underneath the, the chair or behind the stumps or yes, anything it's like, like that. A little hammer. Yeah, he's wow. got his hammers, chisels. We've got point punches. We have proper masonry mm. tools, mm-hmm. um, which are, the tools are either handmade in Zimbabwe. Mm-hmm. Lots of people, lots of sculptors mm-hmm. that I work with, hand make them. Just old rotary blades off mm. of lawn mowers. Actually, they take wow. the old blades off of lawn mowers and they use them as chisels. Well, I'll be a hammer, a and they just put a bit of rub around them yeah. and their chisels. They're amazing because they can be really thick yeah and so you wow. get a lot of stone off of them and then chisels which come from uh, Europe and they're diamond tipped tungsten tipped so that they can last for a long time just uh, amazing tools and, and everything even the polishing is all done by hand yeah, with uh, cool, sandpapers yeah. so they use about eight different grits of sandpaper to get the stone Super very smooth. smooth so smooth oh you just want to touch these sculptures when you see them you just want to stroke them and of course we've got signs everywhere them. saying do Don't not touch, touch. <laughs> and everyone's like oh, but we want to touch I want to stroke. So there's a cat there for I fell sale, in love with. Can- Everything is for sale. So yeah. if you're looking for a beautiful sculpture for your garden, if you have a yeah. beautiful, you don't need two acres. You can just have a flower bed in your garden. You know, we could listen to you all day. I know. But we're <laughs> oh, running out of racetrack. So we we gotta we gotta go break for the news and then of course the garden then or next, the uh, car guys car guys, or car guys. Dave's corner garage okay. coming, uh, up, coming next up next in the studio already. Thank you, Vivian, so much for coming. Oh, thanks really. for having we, us, and we look forward to meeting everybody um, at, to Tron- at our show. Yeah. And you're Sims here right up until September the eighth. September the eighth. Excellent. Right. Thank Do you it if you can. Much. See you again next Bye. week. Thank you. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. 
This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.